Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am Deacon Al Lundy. A pleasure speaking to you every Saturday and Sunday evenings on Catholic Spirit Radio. Uh, We look at the good news, at the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ through the scriptures of the Sunday Mass, this being the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. I want to start off by kind of recapping something we talked about last week. Um, If you're in the Peoria Diocese, and I I realize that some of our listenership uh, reaches beyond that. By the way, welcome, Rockford. Pleasure having you with us. It is wonderful that we now have a a tower up and we're able to reach all the folks in the Rockford area with the the message of of the Gospels. Down here in the Peoria Diocese, uh, we're going through quite a change, and it's a change that has happened in uh, the St. Louis Diocese. It's happened in the Chicago Diocese. I believe Springfield uh, is in the process of going through the same thing or has recently gone through it. Uh, But we're going through... a process of change, of renewal, which is causing us to look at um, a reorganization of our parishes and of the use of our human resources, our clergy, and of our physical resources, our Catholic schools and our Catholic churches. And if it hasn't reached Rockford, it probably will pretty soon. Um, I know, as I say, it's, it's going to touch on every diocese in the country. It's inescapable. The number of priests are down. Did you know, uh, John, right now, do you know what the the forecast is for the number of priests in the Peoria Diocese by 2050? Below 100. Right now, we're at 138. And even with the, the, and we've got a lot of young men in seminary. I mean, we are so blessed to have a lot of fine young men in seminary, but they're going to be there for years before they're ordained. But even still, um, we're losing a lot of our existing priests to illness or to retirement. And right now, the, the uh, estimate is that by 2050, we will have fewer than 100 priests. Well, that probably means fewer than 100 parishes, too. Right now, we're at 150-some parishes. So that means we're going to be seeing in the next 25 years an overall reduction of perhaps— This is just a forecast. This isn't law. A forecast of perhaps 33% fewer parishes than we have now. And so our growing disciple program here in Peoria Diocese has started to look at this. And what are we going to do about the future with fewer people coming to Mass? Some buildings getting older. A lot of our buildings getting older. A lot of our priests getting older. Fewer priests getting ordained. Knowing that in about 25 years— We'll have less than 100 priests. Uh, What are we going to do about that? Because, you know, what they say, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Uh, We can't just do what we've always done without getting the same, same same results we've always seen. So the... There's been a proposal put forward uh, by the diocese, not just by the bishop, but by uh, a a group, a committee of laypersons, representatives from from every parish in the diocese, along with their their pastors, have worked for months to put together uh, scenario. Looked at various scenarios of what could be done to balance out, 
human resources and physical resources. And the bishop has made a proposal. Uh, This is just the proposal. It's on our website, cdop.org. You go to Growing Disciples, click on the little parallel lines at the upper right-hand corner. That'll take you to the Growing Discipleship Program, and you can look at the proposal. And you can look at why it's being proposed. There's uh, uh, frequently asked questions, a, a great, really detailed list of frequently asked questions that will answer a lot of a, a lot of your concerns. And there's a form to fill out where you can give feedback. The final decision is not coming up until May of 2024. So if your parish is being affected, and a lot of parishes are, one way or another, even if it's not your parish being closed, your parish is about to get a huge influx of other Catholics from, from the parishes that are being closed. Well, how are you going to welcome those people? How are you going to incorporate them into parish life? Because it's no longer just your parish, it's everyone's parish. Even the new people coming in share in that parish life equally with you. They're not guests. They are their family. Uh, They're every much uh, a brother and sister of, of Christ as you are through your baptism. They are through their baptism. So how are you going to adjust to this expanded family? So these, these changes really affect everyone, everyone. So the bishop wants your feedback on this. Please give him some. There's a form to fill out that you can send in. Your parish, if they haven't already had a parish-wide meeting, they're about to have one. My parish is having theirs today. And Go to it and, and let your feedback be known. But please make it something measurable, something meaningful. If all you say is, I don't think my parish should close because I was baptized there and married there and grew up there, that's not enough to to make it a viable parish. Talk about its ministries. Talk about uh, its accomplishments. Talk about what you think you can do to bring more people into the parish. Uh, What are you doing to reach out? What are you doing in your parish to help reach out to your community? Because this is everyone's responsibility. We are all ministers of our church. If you say, well, the, the you know, the one thing I've heard, and it's from different parishes, well, my pastor didn't do enough to keep the doors open. Not his job. That's, that's, that's your job, our job. You know, as, as the laypersons of the parish, I think there's one priest right now, I think the number is one priest for every 1,500 uh, regular churchgoers not just baptized Catholics, but just regular churchgoers. There's one priest for every 1,500. So who do you expect to carry the work? The one for the 1,500? Oh, that's not reasonable. The ministry of the church belongs to everybody. So what, what are you willing to do to make, to make the church stronger? If you have some, some good, measurable reasons for making a different decision about your church. The bishop wants to hear it. So come to the meeting, fill out the questionnaire, send the emails, send the letter, but give them some facts to work on. Let's let's make this something measurable and not something purely emotional because emotionals aren't going to keep doors open and they shouldn't. 
because you you can't you can't operate a church on feelings. You just can't. I mean, it it sounds nice, but it's just not feasible. Uh, you need to be able to say, here's here's concrete reasons why different decisions need to be made. The final decision is going to be made on Pentecost weekend of 2024. And let's all continue to pray for our bishop and that the uh, the Holy Spirit uh, guide him uh, well in these decisions, give him good wisdom. Uh, pray that we have the strength to accept those decisions um, and be be thankful. Thank God it's not your decision to make, that, that such heavy responsibility isn't on our shoulders. It's, it's on the bishops. Um, that's, that's, that's what, uh, that's why Christ put uh, the bishops in the, in this position. That's why they made them stewards of, of the flock. Uh, somebody has to make the hard decisions. And, uh, for us, it's, it's Bishop Lou. Uh, please pray for him. Um, th- these are very difficult things, uh, th- very difficult decisions to make. Uh, pray for our pastors. Please don't blame them. This isn't something they did. It's just something they're a part of, but you and I are a part of it too. So let's be kind to each other and and work through this process as best we can. We've got um, some beautiful readings coming up from, from our Mass, 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and we'll get to those readings when we return right after this. Stay tuned. Good news. We'll be right back on Catholic Spirit Radio. A warm welcome to our new Catholic Spirit Radio listeners in Rockford. We hope you are inspired and informed by our quality programs. Tell others about Catholic Spirit Radio now heard in the Rockford area on 88.9 FM and catholicspiritradio.com. Hi, this is Debbie Giorgiani from EWTN's Take Two and the Spirit World. I had so much fun the last time I was with all of you that I'll be returning for Catholic Spirit Radio's live on-air fall appeal. You gotta join us on October 25th and 26th. We have lots to celebrate, like one million potential listeners. I'll be interviewing priests and people throughout your huge listening audience, and we'll talk about Fulton Sheen and his millions of listeners. Plus, there will be giveaways and gifts and so much more, plus our matching donors, too. Lots of good things are happening every day on Catholic Spirit Radio, so please join us to support this fantastic radio station. With your donations, we can continue to inspire and save souls. As my friends Terry and Jesse say, full sheen ahead. Tune in on October 25th and 26th. See you real soon. Hi, this is Cy Kellett, host of Catholic Answers Live. For me, for me, Catholic Radio is an opportunity to be a little bit of light in a world that is succumbing more and more to darkness, to share that light with people who feel the darkness inside and really want the light and warmth of Jesus Christ. Invite others into this work the Holy Spirit is already doing. Invite them to listen to Catholic Answers Live Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com 
to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Welcome back to Good News. I'm Deacon Al here on Catholic Spirit Radio. I want to remind you, you can be part of the program by sending in your questions about Catholicism or Christianity in general to our email at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. And we look forward to hearing from you and answering your questions or um, referring to your comments here on the air. I want to go back. We were talking about growing disciples. And, and one thing I'd like to add to what I was saying before our break um, be very careful about saying, my, my church is a treasure. Don't close my church. Close their church instead. And <laughs> over there, do, you know, don't close. Don't take my treasure. Take my brother's treasure uh, because his treasure is not as good as my treasure. <laughs> Can you hear how bad that sounds? Let's not talk about who should, who should close instead of your church. Let's talk about good reasons to keep your church functioning, keep the doors open and keep its ministry going, um, rather than consolidating it perhaps into another church. Um, don't let's not use this opportunity to cast aspersions on our on our uh, brothers and, and sisters' church. It's just as precious to them as ours is to to, to us, and uh, we we need to go about this. This is a Christian process that needs to be done in a Christian way. Uh, and this, this isn't about, um, this shouldn't be about being jealous over someone else's property being treated differently than yours. Oh, their church gets to say, open my church is closing. That's not fair. This isn't about fairness. This is about practicality. If, if you think there are practicalities that haven't been considered in the decision about your church building, let the bishop know take part in the process but let's not let's not make this let's not make this ugly okay it's it's hard enough to say goodbye to, to a church you've been a part of for many years I mean, I've been a, a part of my parish for many many years and it's it's one of the ones being considered uh, to be closed and maybe it will maybe not it's a proposal it's not a done deal but you know it Will it bother me? Sure, it will bother me, but my faith isn't in the building. My faith is in Christ. Uh, I live out that faith every day outside of that building, I hope. That's my intention. That should be everyone's intention, to live out the faith outside of that hour a week you spend in the building. You know, or if you, you maybe you're taking some, some uh, religious ed classes, so maybe you're there for a couple hours a week, maybe even three but even still, your your real Catholic faith happens outside of that church. It happens in your home. It happens in your work. It happens in your recreation. That's where we live out our Catholic life. The mass is the mass is the mass. No matter—I've I've gone to mass out in a field. I've been in a mass in a tent. 
I've gone to Mass in a cabin. I've been to a Mass in a basilica, in a cathedral, in a chapel, and it's the Mass. In every place I've been, it's been the Mass. And I can go to the Mass in any surrounding, and it's still the Mass. So let's let's all calm down and take part in the process, okay? Go to the meeting, send your emails, fill out the form. It doesn't have to be done angrily. You can do it factually. Let the bishop know facts that maybe haven't been considered yet that might make a difference in, in the decision. And, and I think that's very fair. I think the bishop is being incredibly fair and, and very patient in this process. He hasn't rushed it. He's given everybody ample opportunity for representation, and now he's asking for even more representation. So I look at this with some gratitude and take part in the process. Okay, we're going to move on. Let's look at the readings. Uh, we, we've got um, Prophet Isaiah. Again, love Isaiah. A lot of history in, in this uh, particular uh, reading from Isaiah. Then we've got uh, Paul to the Thessalonians and a, a very short gospel uh, from from Matthew that everyone's going to recognize. It's probably one of the most well-known gospel readings. Okay. Oh, what's it going to be? Think about, you know, is it the, is it the, the multiplication of the loaves and, and fishes? No, no, it's not that one. Uh, think coinage. Oh, now I know what it is. As soon as you say coinage, here we go. Oh, it's that one. Yes, it's that one. And uh, again, for me, it speaks directly to uh, what's going on in, in my uh, faith life at the moment. So, from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus. Now, let's talk about Cyrus for a minute. This is King Cyrus, Cyrus uh, the Great. This is the, uh, the emperor of the uh, Persian Empire. Not a Jewish king. This is the Persian king. But Cyrus was really unique among the the other uh, kings of, of that time. He has just overthrown the. Um, oh, my mind just went blank. So the the Jewish tribes were sent into Babylonia. Thank you. He has just overthrown the Babylonian Empire, who overthrew the 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 Jews, and put the Jews into captivity into slavery. And Cyrus has now overthrown the Babylonians and put them into slavery. No, he didn't. He let them go home. In fact, he let the Jews go home. After becoming king, he took all the slaves and said, you are free to go back to your home countries and live out in peace under my rule. But go in peace. He gave the the Israelites the money to rebuild the temple and even sent additional manpower with them to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. Cyrus was very open to other religions. He was very um, accepting of every. He didn't care what you what what you worshipped. He didn't worship uh, the the God of Abraham, but he didn't mind if if the people did. He he was the emperor of all these countries, but he let each country live out their own history and their own traditions. So Cyrus is really unique. And and so here you have Isaiah, who is a prophet 
of God, who was the prophet for uh, the king of Israel before they were overthrown by the Babylonians. And now guess who he's standing with? Cyrus. And this is what this is what he says. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus. So Isaiah has now anointed Cyrus as, as king. He says, whose right hand I grasp. So the Lord is saying he grasps Cyrus's right hand. So that's a handshake, right? When we shake hands, we shake hands with our right hand. Why? Well, that was your hand of weapon. That's the hand that yielded the sword or the slingshot or whatever your weapon of choice was, the spear. So when you shook hands with someone, you were extending your your weaponized hand empty and you grasped their empty hand. That's why that became known as, as, as a hand, as, as a friendship, a sign of friendship in the handshake. So we're, we're, jo- we're showing each other that we don't carry weapons against the other. So let's start over. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I grasp, subduing nations before him and making kings uh, run in his service, opening doors before him and leaving the gates unbarred for the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen one. I have called you by your name, giving you a title, though you knew, though you knew me not. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. It is I who arm you, through you, though you do not know me, so that toward the rising and the setting of the sun, people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. So Isaiah is is saying to Cyrus that that God is anointing him and accepting him uh, as king. And that God will protect him and help his armies to be successful in overcoming their enemies. And by a sign of this, even though Cyrus does not believe in the Abrahamic God, he's going to prove his existence to Cyrus by his service uh, to him. Cyrus went on to rule about 30 years. Huge, huge empire. And from from the Phoenicians, we got all kinds of science and and language and math that started to uh, spread across the world uh, because of, of, of Cyrus. Uh, He was an amazing ruler and, and had quite a, quite a long reign. His son who succeeded him didn't do so well, (laughs) lasted about seven years, but, uh, but Cyrus uh, worth looking into, worth studying about him. He's, uh, he was an incredible uh, emperor. Our reading from uh, from Paul is to the church in well, Paul to the Thessalonians, and it says Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. This is who he's addressing this letter to, to the church of Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, remembering you in your prayer in our prayers unceasingly, calling to mind your work of faith and labor of love and endurance and hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before God and Father, knowing brothers and sisters loved by God, how you were chosen. For our gospel did not come to you in word alone, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with much conviction. The word of the Lord. So that's just his opening. Man, Paul could write a letter, couldn't he? He was, he could really write a powerful letter. That's just the opening line. I, I have to sit down and count how many commas he's got in this, because that's pretty much all one. Oh, it's two sentences. That whole thing was two sentences. So uh, he was big on commas and, and semicolons. Well, at least whoever added his punctuation for him, because for, for Paul, it was just one big run-on sentence. Um, but he's, he's writing to them because the Thessalonians have been a, 
a huge supporter of, of Paul during his missions. Uh, when, when Paul didn't have the money to continue his travels and, and his evangelization, uh, the church in, in Thessalonia uh, helped to support him. And they were, they were an incredibly fast-growing church uh, that were really deeply in love with Christ, although they only knew him through Paul and through Paul's uh, uh, through the disciples of Christ, through Silvanus and, and Timothy, who went there on, on Paul's behalf. So here were people who were not in the area of Jerusalem when, uh, when Christ preached, when Christ uh, sacrificed, and when he rose from the dead. They only know him through the preaching, and yet they come to be great believers. That's what's expected of us. Don't, don't look for evidence. Accept the evidence of the people who were there who gave us their testimony. Testimony is evidence. And that's Scripture. Scripture is, is Christ coming to life for us through the words of the, of the witnesses of, of his teaching and, and of his acts. So if, if, you're on the, if you're on the fence saying, well, God, I, I've never seen God. He hasn't talked to me. I haven't seen him. Don't, you don't have to wait for that. Even even in apostolic times, people didn't wait for that. They trusted the words of the eyewitnesses. Well, that's scripture. Trust trust in scripture. That's that's what we say. This is the this is the inerrant word of God. Um, it's to be trusted. It's been trusted for two thousand years. It talks to us today just as as much as it talked to them uh, two thousand years ago. We are we are out of time. That went, that went really fast today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to, to be with you. Uh, always a pleasure to be with Catholic Spirit Radio. Uh, remember to support Catholic Spirit Radio. Uh, this is a, a tremendous tool for spreading the Word of God, not just through good news, but through the, the great programming. They have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, tune in anytime, and you can hear wonderful programs produced locally as well as a simulcast or or recorded through uh, EWTN uh, rebroadcasts. Uh, some tremendous talent, some great apologetics, some wonderful words of wisdom, uh, terrific ad- advice for for personal counseling for our parents, for kids. So uh, please make this a, a regular on your dial. We have so many frequencies I can't list them all, but if you go to our website at CatholicSpiritRadio.org, uh, you'll be able to find the frequency for for your area. And if you know someone in Rockford, uh, tell them to tune in at 89, not 89, what's 88? 88.9 FM, now in Rockford. And uh, we're happy to welcome our uh, Christian brothers and sisters in the Rockford, Illinois area. So uh, until then, may God bless you in all ways and always. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. 
contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org.